up world your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter mike richmond you are listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube thanks for making the show your first listen every day or because today's episode was a little bit late your some listen today i appreciate it it's coming at you five days a week even if we're a little late on some days free on all platforms tell your friends to listen to the show it's locked on blazers your team every day i do apologize for the uh tardiness of this episode life got in the way um without going into further details uh, i i do five of these a week every day of the week um, every weekday rather. And, uh, yesterday evening was, uh, was it just, it just wasn't going to happen for me. So I, um, we are recording, this is February, this is uh, Wednesday, February 1st show. We made it to February. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, here it is. It's, it's coming a little late in your feeds or if you're watching on YouTube, it's a little late in your YouTube feed. Sorry, y'all. I, I, let's get it. Let's, let's just get into it. Okay. Today's show, we're going to talk about, uh, Shane Sharp. He is not going to the rookie sophomore game. What the heck? the heck um that's my that's my response there uh we'll talk about that and kind of the details there and why i think it's it says more about the league than about shaden sharp uh in yesterday's show i asked for your solutions to what the blazers should do i said i said i don't know what they should do send me your ideas i will um I'll kind of run through some of the responses because I, I got a bunch of them in the email inbox. And then we'll close the show talking Western Conference tiers. There is such a bunch up of teams in the league between uh, 3rd and 13th in the West. I will sort through and give my uh, my tier rankings of every team in the playoff hunt. Uh, and also Houston and San Antonio that are at the bottom. Spoiler alert. Okay, let's get into it. Shane Sharp. Headed to headed to Salt Lake City for the All-Star for All-Star weekend. He's going to be in Saturday night's dunk contest, the uh, nightcap on national TV of their of their Saturday night showcase with the three-point contest and the skills contest and the dunk contest. Once the dunk contest revered in a place where stars went, now it's where youngsters uh, participate and do cool dunks. Shane Sharp's going to be awesome on Saturday night. He's an effortless dunker, and he's he's dude's got hops. He's going to be really special. And then he's not going to be in the rookie sophomore game. Let's flash back, get in the Wayback Machine. On December 13th at around 7.30 in the morning Pacific time, listener Jeffrey N., uh, if you'll remember, this show is very popular with Jeffs. If you have a Jeff in your life, make sure you share this show with them. Listener Jeff N. sent me an email that said, is it time to start uh, promoting uh, Shaden Sharp for the rookie sophomore game? And I, I sent the following email. I told Jeff, there is nothing to talk about. He, being Shaden Sharp, is top 10 among rookies in scoring. He has awesome highlights nearly every time he plays. He's in. Don't sweat it. Jeff, I was dead wrong. Not that me talking about it on this podcast would have changed anything, but boy was I wrong in December, and here's why I was wrong. The league announced the uh, uh, rosters for the rookie sophomore game. Includes 21 rookies and sophomores and 7 G-leaguers. That's 28 players, two teams of 14. They will play on Friday night in the rookie sophomore challenge. The Rising Stars game. Excuse me. Rising, rising Stars. When I sent Jeff that email, I did not think 7 G-leaguers were going to be invited to the Rising Stars game. I don't think when you look at the 21 rookies and sophomores taken ahead of Shaden Sharp, I don't think you can really quibble with any of them as he's been better than them. I think the obvious one people are going to point to is A.J. Griffin in Atlanta. And Griffin missed a bunch of time early with an injury. 
once he got healthy, he's been really good. Um, he's he can he can really shoot it. Um, I, I just think like even just counting stats wise, like just like raw box score stuff, I think he's been a little more productive than Shaden Sharp. I don't think this is like some crazy outrage. Um, you know, if you're looking like if you're saying like Shaden Sharp is a is a regular contributor on a team that's well, the Blazers have fallen down the standing. So the end of that sentence is a team that's in twelfth place in the West. Whoops! Like that's not it's it's not as like compelling as it once was. I, I think AJ Griffin has relatively similar role on, on, on that team in Atlanta. Um, yeah, like I, I think I think Griffin is Griffin is the obvious one, and I don't even think you can say like definitively Sharp's been better than him. I think you could say Sharp is like more fun because <laughs> he does more fun stuff and he belongs in the in the uh, in the game. Sure, but I don't I don't think like in the, in the sort of traditional like. If you say this is like a good rule, I believe I've heard Zach Lowe's be the first one to, to point it out. It's like if you say someone got snubbed, you have to say who they replace. I think the, the person you'd point to is Griffin. And I don't even think you can make I think you could make a case, but it's not super compelling to me. The compelling case is the G Leaguers is the G Leaguers. Who cares? You know who cares? The NBA. And I think this is where I'm at with with this situation. The league chose to prioritize some youngsters. Um, a little-known Canadian prospect who should be uh, high on draft boards next year. That's Leonard Miller. If you're going to put... If you want a, a Canadian people don't know about, Shaden Sharp's your guy. Here's the problem. Here's the real problem. Sharp is going to be in the showcase on Saturday night. On Monday evening, the Portland Trailblazers played the Atlanta Hawks in a just a end-of-January Monday night game against two below 500 teams. The league has a popularity problem with the regular season. How the heck do you sell a regular season Hawks-Blazers matchup to a casual viewer? Like the sickos, you and me, we're going to watch the heck out of that game. We're going to be excited to watch, you know, Clint Capella and Onyeka Kongwu and Drew Eubanks and like, and Nazir Little. Like we're, we are, if you're listening to this, you're probably a, a nut, right? You're probably like a true NBA um, freakazoid. And you, you are my people. <laughs> like I, I am, I am, I, we are kindred, right? Like I'm the same way, but the league has a problem attracting sort of casual fans to uh to random regular season games because there's just too many of them uh there you know 20 of them a year for every team are largely meaningless it's it's a lot right it's hard to sell the beginning of of that solution has to start with there are fun players all over the league and one of the ways that you promote fun players all over the league is that you put all of the fun players in your showcase your mid-season showcase and you maximize their chances to get in front of the camera Shaden Sharp is a fun dunks super athlete. I couldn't think of a better player to put in a, in a, just a straight up, like a low level pickup scrimmage where they don't play defense. Like it's going to be in the rising stars game. It's not about high quality basketball or being super competitive, all those things. It's about fun. Sharp would have been the perfect choice to be fun. So if the league is going to pull it, if the league is going to like, begin to become more popular in the regular season, begin to attract casual eyeballs in the regular season. It has to start with there are fun players everywhere and that there are fun players everywhere has to start with getting not G leaguers in the game, but every good rookie and sophomore that has a compelling case and particularly someone who's already been invited to the Saturday night showcase. This is a chance to show Shaden Sharp on Friday night and say, hey, watch this dude on Saturday. He's going to be in the dunk contest. Instead, they're going to do that with Mac McClung. I mean, congrats to Mac McClung. 
hoops, hoops mixtape legend, but they're going to sell Mac McClung on Friday night and say, tune in for Saturday. I mean, Trey Murphy's in the game. Trey Murphy's really fun. Um, so Trey Murphy will sell the Saturday night game. This was, this just a misstep by the league. I don't think Sharp was snubbed. I think the, the league's insistence on promoting the G League as like, this is the alternate route. The G League is this alternate route to college or the G League is this thing you should be into. The, ch the choice to promote the G League over actual NBA dudes is a mistake. It's a mistake. It's, it, I read it as um, one of the league's many problems with marketing itself. They just, they just screw it up with some regularity. And I think this is, again, one of those cases. So no Shane Sharp. You'll see him on Saturday. You won't see him on Friday. Um, bummer. <laughs> uh, that, that's how I really feel. Bummer. Uh, let's, let's talk about solutions. Uh, yesterday's show, I, I asked, I said, what should the Blazers do? And admitted that I don't really know. And I said, you, you email me, lockdownblazerspod.gmail.com. Send me emails. What should the Blazers do? You responded in spades. I will let's let's wade through the, the the ideas from listeners about how the Blazers should approach the trade deadline. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Listen, your Super Bowl party, you only need one app. It's FanDuel. It's the number one sports book in America. I'm excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, like I said. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Plus, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. The best way to get in contact with me in the future is LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. And I said on yesterday's show, Send me an email because I closed the show talking about how I don't know what the Blazers should do. I'm at this point where it's like, should they go all in? And like, they don't really, can't really go all in, but should they be like super, They should they maximize their aggress aggressiveness and try to make a playoff push this year and thus freeing up their future uh, lottery picks? Or should they kind of just like admit that they're not very good um, and, and go the other way and get a top 10 pick and say like, that's valuable in the near term? Or like because if you risk it and you try to make the playoffs and you don't and you end up in the same spot and then you've kind of like um you haven't kept the powder dry or whatever and you're you're it's it's challenging and I said I don't know what they should do and I'm at a I'm at a loss for what they should do and so I said email me and guess what a lot of y'all emailed me uh, and I think the um I'm not going to go through like every single name I probably got 20 emails or whatever 15 to 15 plus emails um maybe more than that honestly cuz uh, many of you send me fake traits that I don't like which I appreciate. Lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. Send me a fake trade and I'll tell you why I don't like it. Uh, it's, it is, um, like, I, I'm not going to go through every name, but I, but I, I do think the range of responses from listeners gives you a sense of like the challenge that the Blazers are in. So the range of responses started like on the very, the very sort of, I don't, tepid is not the right word, but low, low activity. And that said like, uh, you know, the, the Blazers are, they're not actually that far away. They were playing really well at the beginning of the season. I think that just like 
if they get healthy and they turn Josh Hart into a slightly taller person, they can be back in the playoff mix. If you look at the West standings, they're they're just not that many games out of out of straight up home court advantage in the playoffs. They're you know four games out of four games out of third or whatever it is. Like they're right there. So so it's like this roster is actually fine if they can if they can get it together. They haven't lost enough ground. Don't do anything. You don't even need to trade Josh Hart. He can be part of the future. But if you do have to trade someone, that's the minor deal you make. Kind of low activity ideas. Then there were some sort of um, higher act, higher activity plans. Uh, a lot of people signaling Jared Vanderbilt in Utah, who's been rumored to be a, not even rumored, Damien Lord has mentioned liking Jared Vanderbilt on the record on multiple occasions. <laughs> Very, very rare that a guy like Vanderbilt, who's like a, a good, like legitimately good role player and would really help the Blazers um, rebounder, defender, can play a little small ball five. Like he would help. He would absolutely up, upgrade the roster for what they have now. Could play power forward. They just don't have many dudes in the roster who can do that. Like it's very rare that, that someone like Jared Vanderbilt's level would get mentioned multiple times in public by a star player on another team. But Damian Lord has, um, he's on that campaign trail. He clearly loves Vando. I think, like, um, I am sure the Blazers have called the Jazz. I'm sure they'll continue that conversation because, like, if Dame is out here publicly talking about him, what do you think he's doing in private? But many of you mentioned J- Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think he would think he would help. Um, I think something around Josh Hart or J- or Justice Winslow and some and some picks could like you you get close to the money. Josh Hart actually makes a little too much money, so you have to take some back from the Jazz. So like. Um, yeah, it's, it just kind of depends on what the larger market for Vanderbilt is, whether the Blazers can get it done because they're not going to have better sweeteners than other teams out there. But Vanderbilt is certainly an idea that many of you sent me and certainly one that I like. Uh, Isaiah Hardenstein from, from New York Knicks, Knicks backup center. And while Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson is hurt, Knicks primary center, uh, as a name to target. Uh, this was, if you are a longtime listener of the show, uh, Hardenstein was a free agent this summer. And he was someone that I advocated for the Blazers pursuing, um, with their mid-level money. I like him. Uh, I don't think he's like a starting level center in the league, but I think he's a really good backup. Um, he's competitive on defense, if not like super talented there. He's big, which helps. He's got he's like a pretty darn good passer, and I thought he was developing into some um, some some more offensive skills. He struggled a little bit to begin to begin the year with the Knicks. Like he was not good, uh, which it's like when you uh, when you host a podcast and you say like, yeah, this is someone they should pursue in free agency, and then that person just like totally just. Uh, nose dives. It's not like you. Uh, the trumpets get a little bit muted. So it wasn't like something I was like, "Told you so." I I, I tend to not try to wave the "told you so" flag, but I certainly am not um, waving the "told you so" flag when I get it wrong. But I I I like admitting my mistakes. I think it's a good a good um, it's a good exercise just to it to uh, admit when your faux expertise is indeed faux. So very little activity. Uh, the sort of what I would call like low level deals or middle range deals. This was the most common response. The Blazers should, you know, they got to be, they, they can't really make a big move till the summer, but they do need to make the playoffs because that facilitates their move for the summer. So here are some upgrades because the team needs to get bigger. Jared Vanderbilt, Isaiah Hartenstein, um, a little bit of Mo Bamba. Like I'll just like, I'm not a Mo Bamba guy. That's not my Huckleberry. Um, <laughs> quite frankly, that's another Blazers podcast. That's for Jack Ramsey's. Go hit them up for your Mo Bamba love um i don't think he's very good would he help the blazers sure they just don't have any big men like yeah he would absolutely help but um 
to me, he's not like a super appealing target. Uh, everyone likes Mo Bamba more than I do, and I, I am comfortable saying that. That's like that. Those were the range of names: Vanderbilt, Hardenstein, Bamba. The ideas that people had. Um, there were there were a handful of others, but that that's like the typical sort of like, uh, you know, you have to, like, you have to do something. Here's the something. There weren't many of you who think that the Blazers need to unprotect that pick to the um, to the to the Chicago Bulls and cash in all of their future picks and make a move right now. And in fact, I think we all, generally speaking, this is like kind of a self-selected sample. People who listen to the podcast who then sent an email, this is like the 20 people who responded are, uh, it's not maybe indicative of the larger fan base, but I think it's enough people that responded that I get a sense. Um, and and, and I, I do really appreciate the emails. Um, keep keep them coming. Locked on at gmail.com. Not many of you. I don't think a single one actually was in, advocated for making the aggressive move right now. Uh, this was, in, in generally speaking, it was the idea was that the Blazers have to wait for the summer to to really go for it um, because that's when they'll have their future picks. That's when the, the, the market is better. And I, I totally agree. I think we're, we're on, we're, we're on the same page that, it, that at some point, if the Blazers are serious about winning for Dame, they have to take a swing that will potentially let them strike out or you gotta just, um, you have to admit that you're not truly going for it with Damian Lord and you're sort of building for what the, what's next. And Dame is just part of the bridge. Um, if you, you know, if you don't take the big swing, you get like, yeah, I think at some point you got to just come out and say it, Hey, we're doing something else here. But if you're going to take a big swing, it comes this summer and it comes this summer because if the Blazers make the playoffs, they'll have conveyed their pick to the bulls and they'll have all their future first to trade. And then they'll have like a big fat trade package to land whatever disgruntled star is out there or even gruntled if a star is just in a good <laughs> it's not disgruntled but they're just at work and they're gruntled um and you could just trade for them because you have a better package to trade for them many of you i think you know something like half of the responses said like the summertime wait till the summer wait till the summer i agree with that that's what they should do the problem is like got to make a decision on justice winslow and josh hart before you get there so it's the my so maybe it's some combination right the minor moves the the Hartenstein Vanderbilt Mo Bamba move, which I would consider like above minor. That's like a that that's like a you know those are those are like trading for a rotation level player, kind of nothing rotation level player, and wait for the summer. Or there's no one advocated for the sort of the big trades. Although some people sent me some ideas for like, what if you just offer <laughs> Keon Johnson and Zier Little for OG Ananobi? Uh, yeah, call him. Uh, but I think the final final one response, what final response was that the, what the Blazers should do is they should trade Damian Lillard. And I think this speaks to where the Blazers are at, right? Uh, the This response, I'm not going to like... Uh, one, one listener said that they, they should trade Dame. And I actually don't think this is that far off of like... I, I think this is relatively mainstream. Uh, I don't think this is like a fringe opinion. I don't even think it is um, outrageous. Like I don't think that's... Um, I don't think it's blasphemous to say that that's the Blazers' direction because, like, it, it, if you, if you, if you're like one of these people who thinks about like holistic team building and uh, blah 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 blah, it's like, yeah, uh, the Blazers are probably it's it's probably too challenging for Dame's timeline of being a very very good player and what the Blazers have to trade and what the roster looks like now for them to go from what they look like now to championship level team with Dame on the roster sure like I I totally agree it's really hard to build a champion in this league it's it's really really hard and 
I don't think Dame signing uh, his fat extension makes him untradeable. I think it narrows the 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 number of teams that would line up. But like trading for a 32 year old star, there's it's already going to be a narrow path because these are teams that want to win a championship. Dame's that good. Um, um, I think he's proven this year that he's still one of the very good players in the league, and and certainly there would be a big market for him. Although relatively narrow based on like exactly specifically the types of teams that would pursue him. But like he's not um, his, the money he's owed wouldn't destroy his market. It would just, it would just narrow it a little bit, um, but it's always going to be narrow. Like there's not like even when Kevin Durant was available, it's not like all 30 teams are going to trade for Kevin Durant. Uh, it's 11 or whatever. Uh, and Dame is like eight. There's eight teams that would really be after him for um, like based on what they have and what they want to do and what they want to accomplish and, and the money and having the money to make it work. But I think like, obviously um, if, if they're going to trade Dame and blow it up, it doesn't make sense to do it right now um, because other, there's just not enough teams that have their money in a row to like say, Hey, we've got $35 million in money to, and like salary position to make it work like you want to blow it up in the summertime because you have more suitors and uh it is just it makes more sense but i think in general this shows the the sort of breadth of the challenges that it, it literally ranged from do nothing this team's pretty close if you're patient to minor moves to trade the franchise icon and start over and while I don't think they can do nothing, because I think they have to do something with Josh Hart, because if you're not going to pay him, you kind of got to get something in return, even if that something is just like a player that isn't part of the future. You need to, you need to like, you need to to give it, give yourself a shot to see if something else might work. Um, the the trade for a role like a role player level trades, that's I think the path that they should go because just um, you know try to upgrade the roster incrementally before you take the big swing and like truly blow it up is is. Again, I don't think it's a blasphemous conversation. I don't think it makes sense to do it right now. I think it makes sense to do it in the summer. But it's like that shows you the challenge of where they are, is that within reason, totally start over and do nothing are probably okay conversations to have. They're stuck in a difficult spot. Um, I think they make minor moves and then the big move comes in the summer. But the idea that people who watch this team and, and think about it regularly could think like nothing and and total decimation of the roster are both within reason and I can sit here on the podcast and say yeah I can see both I can see a compelling argument for both although like um, the the trade dame stuff again that's like a summertime conversation and I, I it, it doesn't make sense to trade him in February it doesn't make sense to trade him in the next seven days um, it doesn't make sense to restart in the next seven days it, but that's a conversation for another time um, so I guess where I landed is kind of where I started. I think they should make a minor move to try to get a little bit better, kind of take their temperature over the the March and, and see if they make the playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs and they have all their future picks, sure. If they don't make the playoffs, they'll probably get a top 10 pick in the draft and that's another trade asset and they'll go from there. Um, I think I think this exercise, and thanks for the emails, illustrates the challenge. It's hard. They're in a, They're in a challenging spot. Speaking of the playoffs, let's do Western Conference tiers to close the show. Uh, I think the what should they do question leads to where they are. And we'll look in to close the show about where the Blazers are stacking up with all 15 teams in the West. It's my version of the power rankings, the Western Conference tiers to close the show. Join me there. But before, before we get there, I want to tell you about Built Bar. 
the best tasting protein bar in the market. I've been eating Built Bars regularly for about three years. Um, I like them because they're a little bit sweet, but they're not too sugary, just four grams of sugar. And they pack a real punch. On average, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories. Um, they can, you know, get you going in the middle of the day. They can be a pre-workout um pre-workout snack that can be um, just something to fuel you when you need fuel. Plus, they taste great. I love cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie. And before, they were only available online, an internet-exclusive product at Built.com. But now, they are in Walmart and Sam's Club stores around the country. So, you can go find out if I've been telling you the truth. You can go get a churro puff bar. You can get a four-pack of the churro puff at your local Walmart or Sam's Club and find out if you like them. Then you can head back to Sam's Club or Walmart once you decide that they're good and buy a 13-pack, a big old pack of the double chocolate or the peanut butter brownies. And once you find out what you like, they'll be available for you. You won't have to buy them online. You can buy them in a brick-and-mortar store. So go find out if I've been telling you the truth. Those are Built Bars. You can also get them at Built.com. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Talk to Shaden Sharp. We talked about what the Blazers should do, and the responses range from, like, literally everything, which I think is the the challenge with them, is that, like, everything's on the table. And trading game's not really on the table for them, but uh, the, the, like, logic of it remains relatively sound, um, although timing is, is wrong. And the do-nothing is a relatively sound logic as well. Um, but I, I, I think they got to land somewhere in the middle and kind of go for it. But what I want to do now is because they're in the middle, because they're kind of stuck in that spot of like, what do they do is look at all the teams in the Western Conference and I rank them by tiers. We'll go from worst to best. Uh, I do this from time to time, maybe once every six weeks or so. It's kind of my version of the power rankings, but I think saying this team is one, this team is two, this team is three is hard because like three, four, five doesn't make sense. The way I think about teams is usually in groups and in tiers. So here are my tiers at the bottom tier teams that are bad. San Antonio and Houston. Uh, we don't need to spend time in them. These teams are bad on purpose, young on purpose, and headed for the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. Those are for, those are your bottom tier. Uh, losers on purpose. In your next tier is where you find the Portland Trailblazers. These are kind of the odd teams out. This is Utah, Oklahoma City, and Portland. Utah's one of the best uh, offenses in the league. Portland's one of the best offenses in the league. Oklahoma City is a top 10 defense. They've been really good. Like, I think Mark Dagno, he might not win it, but he could win coach of the year. He's been incredible. Like he's, he's got that team really, really playing well. Probably the, the youngest team in the league and, and, and they're still in the mix for a playoff spot. Um, you know, superstar plus a bunch of youngsters. They're, they're kind of, they're maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. I think a lot of, a lot of sports books had them losing 55 games or whatever it was. And they're going to like flirt with flirt with a 500 record this year. They're really good. Um, the Jazz and the Blazers are kind of the same. They're elite offensive teams that are bad on defense. Um, Blazers have a little better top-end talent. Jazz have a little bit more depth. But all of these teams are like, they're flawed a little bit. Um, OKC is probably uh, playing, has played better recently than these than the, than the other two. But like, these, there are, you know, 10 spots if you include the play in, in postseason action. 10 teams that will compete in the postseason I think these three teams are likely to be on the outside. But they just, they're, they're competitive. Like, um... All of them could could bump up into the next tier depending on health and injuries. And literally, like the the, the standings are so bunched up, there's like literally like a five a, a five game winning streak at the end of the season. You win you win six of your last seven games. You might be the seventh best team in the West. All of a sudden, it's going to be that close. But I think in this tier of like 
good but flawed is Utah, Oklahoma City, and Portland. Uh, I think we're further enough along to see the warts, but we're also further enough along to say like, hey, this team's pretty good. This team's pretty, and this is kind of uh, kind of where they are. The next tier is the most crowded tier. I've got Dallas, Phoenix, Minnesota, New Orleans, and the Lakers. Uh, I have the Lakers above in this tier, and I feel the worst about them because like. They're bad on a lot of nights, but with Anthony Davis and, and and LeBron James in the lineup, they've been good and competitive and can win. They can win. Like they could they this team is good like get home court advantage assuming those dudes get healthy. The problem is that last part, assuming those dudes stay healthy. If Anthony Davis misses another three or four games, if LeBron James misses another five or six games, like that's it. That's it. They have to have those two dudes on the floor. Um They've been good when those guys play. They're really good when LeBron James is on the court, and they're mostly bad when he's not on the court. Anthony Davis helps mitigate some of that, and I think it's very reasonable to say the Lakers belong in the tier below this, and if you you believe that, that's fine. For me, I, I, um, I'll I bet on their talent, and if those two dudes are on the court, I think they belong in this tier. And in this tier is like the injured but competitive type of teams. Dallas, a whole bunch of injuries. It's Luka plus Luka plus stuff, and they've been really inconsistent. But they've also had some injuries to some key players. Clayba and, and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith missing a bunch of time. Uh, Josh Green, uh, surprisingly, missing a bunch of time has been a problem for him. They're like... Not as good as they were last year, but Luka is better than they were last year. They really miss Jalen Brunson, as it turns out. Um, Dallas belongs in this tier because they're like a playoff-level team with some health and some just overall talent question marks. Phoenix was, when healthy, like looked like sort of had the statistical profile of being a very good team again, but they haven't been healthy. Chris Paul's 37 and seems to have lost a little bit of a step. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is just like a dude who's maybe playing under the duress as a prisoner and as a prisoner and a hostage in, in Phoenix. Um, when Devin Booker plays, this is a team that could conceivably make the Western conference finals again without like, you don't have to squint to see it. It's, they just haven't been healthy. Um, Cam Johnson's back. Mikhail Bridges has taken a step forward. This is a good team with issues and that's where they belong in this, in this group, good teams with issues, Minnesota, like finally figured it out after a while. Carl Anthony Towns still out, still hurt. They've been playing a lot better. Anthony Edwards has played, has has been really, really good. Borderline All Star might make the team. Who knows? Uh, they've kind of figured out what to do with with Rudy Gobert. Kyle Anderson has been a great addition to them uh, this offseason. Uh, 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 whatever podcast favorite Kyle Anderson. I love dudes who play at one mile an hour. Uh, he's you know they're they looked like they were a mess. The season is long. They've kind of righted the ship a little bit. They're a team now that's going to compete for home court advantage. Good but flawed. They belong there. New Orleans um, consistently has stayed among the competitive defensive teams while their offense has cratered due to a lot of injury issues. Um, the thing about them is that like Zion and Brandon Ingram have missed games consistently. So saying like, well, when they get healthy, when will they get healthy? When are we going to see a 25 to 35 game stretch of them at their healthiest? If they get there, yeah, I think we have seen them healthy. Like, yes, this is a team that could make the Western Conference Finals one of the four best teams, like an elite group. They've absolutely on a terrible skid recently, uh, even with Brandon Ingram back. Um, they're, again, this is the good but flawed. Their defense has like kind of 
stayed okay. The offense has cratered a little bit. Um, they they have enough parts to make a move and upgrade, but like the upgrade they need is just health from their two best players. Zion Williamson get back, Brandon Ingram get back, and let them play together. The problem is we haven't seen it, so they belong in this category. Um, that's your five teams in the good but flawed, good but flawed, or, one, or the one injury away category. That's five teams, Dallas, Phoenix, Minnesota, New Orleans, and the Lakers. In the next tier, I've got the Clippers, Warriors, and Kings. The Warriors were like the worst, most pathetic road team all season long. They won two road games in a row this week. The starting lineup for the Warriors is really, really good. When they're fully healthy, that 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 Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Kevon Looney is one of the best lineups in the league. It's why I'm I'm a believer in their playoff chances. They have trouble with the rest of their roster. The the young guys just didn't really come around. They missed the the sort of stretch shooting that they've had in past seasons of a big man off the bench, like a stretchy a stretchy big guy who can shoot a little bit. Like, do they miss Nemanja Belisa that much? I I guess they they miss sort of that role of stuff. But I think Dante Divincenzo has been good. I think Jonathan Kaminga has flashes of being good. I think the the Warriors are going to end up like the fourth, end up finishing fourth in the West despite all of it. Um, they are, they have been really, really, really bad away from San Francisco and not consistently good. But I am a believer in their top end talent, and if they stay healthy, I think they're going to be right there. Uh, the Clippers, same kind of thing. Like they, it's like they're kind of maybe the most overrated team in the NBA, but they finally got it going and have been better recently when they're healthy. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are really good all-NBA-level talents. I don't think they'll make all-NBA teams this year, but all-NBA-level talents. Uh, they're starting to figure it out. They benched Robert Covington for like a million months, and now they're starting to play him more. It's a backup small ball five, and they look a little bit better. They still could use another dude who could get all the way to the rim, but they've got enough talent to be there, and they've put it together over the last three weeks that they belong in this category. And then the Kings, the Kings, the Kings. They're just... They're just one of the good teams. I did not see this coming. I was not a believer in the Kings in the preseason, and they belong in this category. They're an elite offensive team that overwhelms teams with how much, how many weapons they have, like shooters around the DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox pick and roll. They're just a really good team. They're one of the five best teams in the West. I'm confident in saying that. I think they'll stay there as long as, um, as long as their two dudes, two top dudes, stay healthy. They might end up with two All Stars this year if Fox makes the team. Like this team belongs. They're one of the five best teams in the West. I did not. I was. Dead wrong about the Kings. In the top tier, this is the title tier. This is the two best teams in the West. And these are the two best. These are the, these are beyond the Warriors, who I just like, you know, this is whatever, career achievement award. The two teams of the West, I think, could legitimately win the NBA title. Uh, Denver, they are, you know, they really were bad on defense to begin the year. But since uh, December 1st, they're, they're a top 10 defense. On the year, they're 16th in defense. If you'll remember my categories for for championship contender based on 40 years of history in the league is that you got to be top 11 in both offensive defense and top five in one of those categories. The, uh, the Nuggets, like I think the Nuggets could win the title without making these arbitrary categories. But like, again, 40 years of data suggests this is basically what a, what a championship team looks like. Uh, the Nuggets are first in offense, 16th in defense, and they've improved a bunch since a since being really bad earlier in the season. Um, the thing about the 40 years of data is it doesn't it it it, it factors in that like most teams, you know, if, if you get rolling after a bad month, you'll end up in that top 11 and top five. The Nuggets are trending in that direction. Jamal Murray looks better. This is a team that could win the championship without a doubt. Um, 
but still, they do not fit the statistical profile of 40 years of champions. 40 years of champions, 34 of them, top 11 in, in both offensive defense, top five in both, or top five in one of offensive defense, 11 and five. Those are your splits. Uh, the Nuggets are getting there, but not quite there yet. And Memphis is in that tier. They're, they're 10th in offense, second in defense. Um, I Like if I had to handicap it, I probably would pick the Nuggets as a more likely team to win the title than the Memphis Grizzlies. But statistical profile wise, the Grizzlies, they're a, they have the profile of a championship contender. I think, um, I think these two teams could could absolutely win it. They're in the title tier. They they belong. Uh, those offensive defensive ratings, courtesy of Cleaning the Glass. Okay, that's the show. Uh, sorry it was late today. That's your Western Conference tiers. Let's go down them real quick. Denver, Memphis in the top tier. The Clippers, Warriors, and Kings in that in that going to be their home court advantage tier, the good but flawed tier, Dallas, Phoenix, Minnesota, New Orleans, and the Lakers. The odd teams out tier is the Jazz and OKC. And then the bad on purpose, we've got Houston and San Antonio, the Jazz, OKC, and your Portland Trailblazers. I believe I mentioned them. In the, I didn't mention them in the rundown. That's it. That's my tiers. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Sorry it was a little bit late today. Come back for tomorrow's show. The Blazers play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight as I'm recording this. They, so Thursday's show, we'll recap that game. We'll look ahead to the rest of the week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.